This is the Ops Authority Podcast, where my mission is to break down the backside of your business so you can take the right actions to grow and scale. Hey, I'm Natalie Gingrich, a small business operations expert, and I'm going to give you a front row seat to real solutions that will help you reach the vision that you have for your business, all while equipping you to put out those inevitable pesky fires and those fears that pop up. Listen in for strategies to grow your team, craft the systems and processes that you need for your business, and establish business foundations that you may have skipped over. I know you're ready to do really big things, so let's do it together. Hey, hey, welcome back to The Ops Authority. I'm your host, Natalie Gingrich, and I'm probably just a little bit too excited to chat with you today all about customer and client experience and specifically why it's really important to your business and to your financials. I know those are probably two things that you haven't connected before, but I'm here to do that for you today. It's an extremely passionate topic of mine, and I can't wait to dive in. Alrighty, so remember back to episode number five when we were talking about the seven strategic objectives. I told you all about what those seven strategic objectives were, and then we had you rank them. So client and customer experience is one of those seven objectives. And it's likely that if you're in the phase of your business where you're still trying to bring in consistent revenue or maybe even taking home more profits, which is what it's really all about, then customer and client experience is one of those objectives that ranked towards the bottom. And I know, It's important to you. The reality is all seven of those objectives are important to us, but we only have so much time. So I ask you to prioritize those so that we know where to spend the majority of our time. But the reason that customer client experience is towards the bottom is because you're probably in the state where you're needing to generate income, generate revenue. And you're going to find the objectives that tie back to revenue in the categories such as visibility, as well as creating new products and services, which I put in the product creation phase. Because let's face it, you want to create a solid product, you're going to spend time and energy in creating that product, that suite of services, but then you're also going to spend your time in visibility channels, making sure that you're getting that out there. Both of those things equate to revenue. So if you're in the place of business where you're looking for more revenue, then the majority of your time is going to be spent on acquiring the customer. However, we can't completely forget about customer experience because we know that that matters. It's just not where you're spending the majority of your time. So regardless of where you have currently ranked client experience, there is one foundational tool that every business must do. And I say must in all caps when you're selling a product or a service. That one thing is crafting or defining your customer journey. In simpler words, what that really means is what happens once the client or customer has paid you. There's already been a transaction. What are they now going to experience? And to be really clear, this isn't just the onboarding phase. I've seen the mistake of people looking at customer journey as in, how do I bring this client into my business? And that's onboarding. But the journey is actually more comprehensive than that. It's not just the onboarding. That is one piece, but it's not everything. 
So we spend loads of hours and energy creating that perfect offer, the product, the service that we want to put out into the world, but we spend very little time understanding how that customer is going to experience your offer. This is super short-sighted of us because ultimately what we're telling the customer is that we're asking them to spend money on us or with us, and then we're giving off the idea that we really don't care how they use or interact or experience our offer. And this is easily fixable with just taking a few minutes, probably less than one hour, to craft the customer journey that is specific to this offer that you're giving. I like to look at this as closing the loop. And so if you have an open loop, that's where a lot of misunderstanding happens. That's where people don't really know where to go next. You start to see a lot more inquiries into your pipeline. So if you can close this loop, this will tell the customer that you've really thought about how you're going to fulfill that product, deliver that product, communicate with the buyer, and get feedback from them so that you can continuously improve. The programs, the products, and the services with the best reputations on the market right now, they don't allow a transaction without an interaction afterwards, right? So I'm sure you've been there just like I have been there, and we have purchased something and we get it maybe through email, maybe it comes in the mail, maybe whatever that may be, but we purchased it. So we spent our hard-earned dollars. Now we get that product and there's crickets. There's nothing after that, right? That's a letdown. And it certainly doesn't make me want to be very loyal to that company. So let's just make sure that that's not us. Here are some things that I want you to think about when you're creating that customer journey. First of all, I want you to anticipate their needs. Look at the full experience through the eyes of the consumer. Sit down, process, what would you, as the consumer of this product, what would you like it to look like? How would you like to experience that? If you have somebody on your team, maybe it's a friend or a biz bestie or your spouse, a sister, somebody like that, but sit down and talk through what a wonderful experience would look like after the sale. I call this anticipating the customer's needs. Do that. I promise it will pay off. If nothing else, it makes you look like you have all of your ish together. And that's really, really important when you're looking at bringing on customers again and again. Second thing is to deliver on your promises. Ooh, this is something, especially in the online space and in the digital world that we're in today, I feel like we over promise and under deliver. And this seems really simple, but this is something that you can do to really stand out to your customer. So simple things like if your program that you're offering includes one or two meetings a month, before you ever put that out to market, Make sure that you have the times blocked off on your calendar. Even go a step further in the communication and let them know before they purchase when those calls are gonna be. I see so many times where people will say, yes, I've got one call, and then they don't tell the customer when that call is going to be. I would go so far as to say that when we're talking about delivering on your promises, plan on over-delivering. It is so rare in this digital age, but those are the people that we see today that are highly successful. And I know that you wanna be one of those people just like I do. 
If at all possible, the third thing is to add human connection to the experience. So I know we hear a lot about passive income and doing things that we can create once and will be evergreen and automatically deliver. I'm not bashing on any of those delivery mechanisms. I'm telling you that the best experiences are those that include human connection. So even if you're going to leverage something passive, and I say passive with air quotes because passive is never truly passive, but adding a component to that offer, to that product, to that service that includes human connection, face-to-face time, it's always going to be perceived much better than if you never have any human connection after the sale. So what could this look like? Well, it could be that you do a group call. It doesn't have to be every single week. It could be once a month, it could be once a quarter, just making sure that you actually have that where you show up, you're listening to the consumer and you're providing your intelligence, your special sauce. That would be such a high value. Another thing that I leverage, I have small groups like the A-Team, as well as with my director of operations, when they're going through that certification, I utilize something called Voxer, which is a walkie-talkie app. And if you're not there, oh my gosh, it is where it's at. I love Voxer because I love the immediate communication that I can give, and it's super convenient. But having a Voxer chat where it doesn't really take much time for me, but I'm able to communicate verbally in real time with my clients who have paid me, with are trusting me with their hard-earned money to deliver a service that I'm really good at. So that's another way to bring in human connection. What about a Facebook group? Another phenomenal way to interact with people. Don't just have the group. You've got to show up, be engaged. This is what it's all about. Another idea that I see that I've leveraged myself is doing a video greeting. This could be after they purchase, this could be, you know, at pivotal points or milestones in your program or service, but sending them a video greeting, just welcoming them, thanking them, asking where they are in the process, creating that channel where two humans can interact. I feel like this is one of the most important things. Fundamentally, all of us want to be seen and heard and understood, and that human connection allows for that. If you just purchase and you send them into your tool where they can access the materials, we're not seeing or hearing them, right? They can't feel understood. Add a human component. It doesn't have to be a lot of time from you. It doesn't have to be a big drain from you. Just show up in a way that makes sense for you and the product that you're delivering. The fourth thing that I would love to have you think about when you're creating that customer journey is to plan your communications. And I'm gonna say over-communicate. You can easily automate this by creating email sequences that can be delivered at particular times. Maybe they're around milestones, definitely at the very beginning, right? This is where I would advise you to start with mapping out in your customer journey. Start with the communications. Okay, so they're going to purchase What happens after that? They should immediately be getting an email that tells them step one, two, and three. I mean, you can craft this. It's really gonna be dependent on what kind of product that you're selling them, but you wanna determine what communications are important. At what point do they start to ask questions? Go ahead, go back to that first thing I told you. Anticipate their needs. Come into their inbox. Come into their Voxer. However you're going to email, go ahead and start laying that foundation for them so that they know and they trust you that you are anticipating their needs. 
No better way to feel understood than when someone answers a question before you ever have to ask it. So how and when will you communicate with them? This really does not matter if you have a product or a service. You're going to want to make sure that you're always communicating ahead of when they have questions. Alrighty, a little bit of story time. I'm going to share an experience that I have had several times with a business. That business is called Inkwell Press. They don't even know I'm telling you this. This is something that comes absolutely from the bottom of my heart. Tanya Dalton is the CEO over there and she has an amazing product. But on top of that product, she's in a really stiff category. Inkwell Press creates planners. Now the planner space is extremely competitive. We all have our own planner favorites. This is a time of year where we look into and we compare all the planners out on the market. Well, Inkwell Press won my business years ago, and I have been a loyal customer ever since. It's not because the planner is the best planner on the market. I have no idea. I'll never know because I probably won't ever buy a different planner. What I do know is that the way that they delivered on their product is unprecedented. And it has really made a huge impact on me and the way I deliver my products. Even though I don't have a physical product, the experience made such a significant difference and is a big differentiator for me. So let me give you a little bit of a background as to what I experienced. I found Inkwell Press. I started looking through the planners. I found something that I liked. And honestly, the cover, it was not my favorite. It really wasn't my style. Whereas I could have gone with something like Erin Condren, which her style resonates with me a little bit more. But the interior, it won me over. It was it was cool. So I said, sure, I'll buy it. Like I love planners, I'll buy it. Bought it with very minimal expectations, except for me to have a planner that I could, a physical planner that I could use day in and day out. Remember, I had already settled that the cover wasn't my favorite, but I really liked the inside. And that's the part that I really use every week. So hey, I went ahead, I went for the guts, versus the vanity on the outside. Alrighty, so I make the purchase, I send over my my hard-earned dollars, and all of a sudden I get a beautiful email sequence. This is not one email. This is a perfectly timed sequence several days. I wanna say I got three to four emails. I haven't, I haven't gone through this in a little bit, so I'm a little bit vague on the particulars here, but there's a story behind this. I made the purchase. I receive a welcome video saying, thank you for your purchase. Here's what you can expect. Here's a tutorial of how you're going to use this Inkwell Press Planner. I, th- I think, wow, this is really amazing. I'm really excited. Like the planner nerd in me is super revved up. I'm really thrilled. I can't wait to get that planner in my mailbox to the point that I'm like, man, when's it coming? Guess what? I get an email communication saying, your planner has shipped Here's your tracking information. I mean, today that's kind of standard. But on top of that, Inkwell Press sends me a how to prepare for your planner. Okay, so they give me a digital download that I can download right now and start pre-planning for my planner. This was genius. Now Inkwell Press sends me another email and it tells me your planner has arrived. And guess what? perfectly timed. Amazing what automations can do. Your planner has arrived. When you get your planner, here is step one, step two, and step three. They had laid a perfect foundation for me to 
actually use a planner. She knows, they know that the planner space is extremely competitive, but by creating an experience beyond the product, I'm a forever user. I know how to use the product in the way that they want me to, but now I'm really loyal to it. So that's just one experience. I just, I love that. I I share that with my A-team. Every single time I go through the client experience strategic objective, because it made such a big difference. And we can all learn from this. It doesn't matter if it's a product or a service. Think about what Inkwell Press and Tanya Dalton did for me as I experienced the onboarding part of Inkwell Press. Guess what? They know I've purchased once before. Now when planner season comes around, they're sending me something that seems very custom to me because they know I'm a buyer. They know I love planners. And guess what? I'm probably going to want another one. So they continue the conversation with me. I think it's a great experience. And shout out to Tanya Dalton at Inkwell Press. Big fan over here and really appreciate the time and energy that you have spent. I know that by you spending the time to create those professionally done videos, by sending it to my email, by timing it perfectly, by continuing that conversation, you've got a lifelong customer in me. And there's so many other places I could go I continue to come to you because it's that great and the experience mattered. Alrighty, so why would we spend time on this? I already told you that it's probably not in the top three objectives, but why do you think customer and client experience is really that valuable? I'm gonna tell you that it gives you an amazing competitive advantage. In the story I just shared with you about Inkwell Press, think about that. It's a very competitive market and you've got competition too. Regardless of how niche your product is, you have competition. So it will pay to think about how you're going to set yourself apart. That experience can do that, just like Tanya's did with the Inkwell Press Planner. All right, so think about that competitive advantage. We've got customers that are being hit at all the time by our competition. So it's important for us to keep their attention. And we can do this by delivering really great experiences. I think about Costco's return policy. So I was at Costco just the other day and I was returning a shirt. I actually had bought the shirt twice for my husband. When I came home, I was all excited about this shirt. And he was like, honey, you bought that for me before. <laughs> so I took it back. And as I was in line, I was talking to the associate that was returning this for me, made it super easy. I saw a dead plant back there. Literally, somebody had returned a dead plant. They bought the plant from Costco, it died, and they took it back. And I asked him, I said, did you guys really accept a dead plant? And he said, yes, ma'am. We have a tradition and a standard from a customer service perspective that we will take back anything that you purchased from Costco. We as associates cannot ask questions. Now, person to person, I think it's crazy that someone would bring back this dead plant. And I'm empathizing with him thinking, oh my goodness, I can't imagine being on the other side because my snarky self would want to be like, oh, why are you bringing back a dead plant? But that is one piece of Costco's competitive advantage. We could go to Sam's, we could go to Walmart, we could go lots of places to get that plant. But for whatever reason, the competitive advantage for this person who pays to have a membership to shop at Costco actually went so far as to take advantage of 
their policy and bring back that dead plant. Now, I won't say anything about this person's character, but I do want to point out the fact that Costco's associate specifically said, this is our customer service standard. And I want to tell you guys that customer service can't be copied. Your product can be copied. Your sales pages can be copied. But your experience, the customer service that you provide cannot be copied. It is your competitive advantage. Another piece here is longevity and the lifetime value on your customer. We all spend money to actually get leads, right? So we there's marketing costs, there's overhead costs that it takes for us, the cost of goods sold, to actually get a lead to purchase from us. So it behooves us and our financials to actually hold on to the buyers that we have as long as we possibly can. I am 100% positive that if we can create an experience that's memorable, that changes their perception of the sellers, that these customers will stay with us much longer than if we don't have this experience mapped out. When we spend the time to cultivate a really strong connection to our customers, and we do this through the experience after the sale, we create super fans, which that means that there's a massive deep connection. And these, frankly, these strangers are extremely loyal to us now. What does that do for us? Well, it gives us more referrals. That word of mouth is so powerful. We know that that is the most powerful marketing tool out there. And if we can create a connection where they've where the customer feels seen, heard, and understood, of course they're going to refer their friends to you. So all three of those things, the competitive advantage, the longevity, and the lifetime value, and as well as the loyalty that we can create, it makes your time so valuable. Don't waste it. Make sure that you spend your time on creating that customer experience. Altogether, spending time on this is going to create a high perceived and actual, not just perceived, but an actual value from the customer. But from the business perspective, you're going to gain revenue and you're going to save on operational cost. And this may sound strange, but think about it. By putting these processes in place that support the customer journey, you're going to keep your customers longer and they sell for you, which is going to reduce your acquisition cost. That word of mouth that we were just talking about. If they're telling their friends and you're not having to spend Facebook ad dollars or time on a call to convert them, then they're making money for you. Additionally, so many of these steps can be automated, which is going to save you on your overhead as well, you know, both time and money. And one thing I want to chat about before we wrap up, especially as it pertains to finances, is that you should know that I purposefully have not mentioned buying a client or a customer a gift as a part of the customer journey. I know, big shocker, because a lot of times when I ask people, when I'm doing strategic mappings and I'm asking people, what do you want to do to enhance your customer experience? The number one thing that they come back to me is say, oh, I kind of dream about sending them a physical gift after they purchase or at the end of a program. I get it. I have been compelled to do the exact same thing. But I would much prefer you to focus on creating an experience that includes best-in-class communications, delivering exactly what you said you were going to deliver, making that fulfillment process smooth and easy, and then asking them for feedback. All of those actions have a return on investment. And you know what doesn't have a return on investment? Sending a physical gift. 
So business owners, especially as females, we fall into the thinking that we want to delight our customers by sending them something in the mail. Maybe that surprise is just gonna put them over the edge and is gonna make them want to share. And you know what a physical gift actually takes? It takes time to find the right one And it also takes money to purchase and to ship this. So these are two things that you probably have little of, and you definitely aren't in a place in business where we wanna be spending extra time and money, right? So I want you to hold on to your profits, and you can absolutely create raving fans without ever sending them a physical gift. I've received, I I would say, hundreds of gifts over the 20 years of my professional life. And I can tell you that the thoughtful gestures are just that. I have never referred a friend or a colleague to someone because of the physical gift that I received. Yes, like I love I love the mugs, I love the notepads, I love all the creative gifts that I've received, but it's never been one of those things that's been like, ooh, I should tell my friend Sally to use this person's service because they're gonna love this mug right? I say that kind of snide, but it's so true. Now, if they over-delivered and they anticipated my needs as a client, oh my goodness, unequivocally, I would be shouting from the rooftops that I want my friends, my trusted colleagues to use and to utilize their service or product. You see, you don't have to strain your finances by sending gifts, a note, a social media spotlight, a podcast guest. Those are all things that would have much higher value for their party, but maybe even both of your parties. So I just could not pass up the opportunity to share. It's kind of my soapbox and my rant on why physical gifts, why spending money at this stage of business can really be a deterrent for your finances. So save your money, do this in other ways, because I know that they're gonna have a much greater value if you spend the time to understand how to communicate, how to deliver, and how to ask for feedback. I'm also not saying that you can never add in this idea of sending a physical gift, but I would highly recommend that this be something that you add in once you're really, really satisfied with the profits that you're taking and it doesn't hurt you to lose, let's say three to 5% of your profits in sending and spoiling our customers with gifts. Here's a quote for you. When a transaction is done right, you make a sale. When a customer is treated right, you make a long-term customer. And that's what you want, right? I want my customers to feel like an extension of me, like they have access, like they've gotten everything that they possibly wanted from me and more. So as with every episode, I want this information to be actually purposeful, not just more information that you hear from your earbuds, but I want this to be something that you can take action on. So I recommend an ops activity every single week. These are short activities that you can perform in your business to keep the backside, which is your operational side, moving forward. And this week, I want you to look at your number one generating product or service and outline the journey. So you're gonna create a different experience for every single product or service that you sell. Right now, for this week, just look at the one that brings in the most revenue for you. Document everything that you want to happen from the time the transaction starts to the moment that they've completed the experience with you or offboarded. There will be several small projects that come of this, but outlining it is the best place to start. And once you get that done, I encourage you, I welcome you, I invite you to bring that experience 
that outlined experience into our private Facebook group, which can be found at theopsinsiders.com. So go there today. You're going to be inspired by others that are doing the exact same thing as you. And you're also going to be able to see what other people are doing. It's always so nice to be able to feel like you've got a community in business. And that's exactly what the Ops Insiders are. We're all at stages of our business where we care about the backside. We care about the operations because we know that that is our key to scaling. Alrighty, guys, that's a wrap. I'm very grateful that you've spent this time with me today to hear me out on why customer experience is so important in a growing business. I hope that you'll implement some of these or all of this actually, especially for that number one revenue generating product that you have right now. And I look forward to chatting with you next week. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Ops Authority Podcast. Thank you for investing just a little bit of time to listen to this episode of the Ops Authority Podcast. I am so grateful to be surrounded by real action takers like you who are invested in growing their business through operations. Will you add one more action to your to-do list today? Visit theopsauthoritypodcast.com where you can join our community of business owners and other ops experts. You're going to hear from me in a week, but in the meantime, do big things on the backside of your business.